0: Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, AKA the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Wolfe. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our September of Doc to School, as we cover great black documentaries in September. And tonight, Vincent has made the selection for this evening. He journeyed to one of his favorite genres of music, jazz, to pull for you the 2016 documentary, I Called Him Morgan. Mm -hmm. The life story of the jazz trumpeter, Lee Morgan, and his wife, Helen Morgan. Yes, the life and death story. Yes, Mm -hmm. indeed. So that's what we will be bringing to you tonight on the Michelle mission, as well as taking a look at what happened in 2016 in the world of hip hop. Oh boy. As we use Doctor School to celebrate the uh, 50 years of hip hop as well. All right. But first, as always, shout out to each and every one of you who are out there watching as we are streaming live from Yunk Junk, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace uh shout out to each and every one of you out there in the chat who are watching us as we stream to youtube as well as to facebook and we're actually also streaming to uh linkedin yes yes and x all right marks the spot twitter twit twit x or twix let's call it twix i like that or we could call it twitter which is what everyone is called. Like I love the fact that as a global community, nobody is. We all told him, "This is stupid. We're just going to call it Twitter." Just going to call it Twitter. <laughs> all right, fine. Yes, we're also streaming on Twitter. We're also streaming on Twitter. Yes, I'm not a fan of Twix anyway. So let's let's keep it moving. It's a weird candy. It is. It's a weird candy. It's like, it's, it's like they said. I guess we got to keep coming up with candies. mm Hmm. So we'll the, get like a cookie that's not stale but it has a consistency of a, of a stale, stale cookie. cookie, right? Okay, I thought it was just me, and then we'll put like chocolate on it and Find, try to hide the try stale, to hide it, and, and we'll keep having like advertising for it, but it don't work, right? Nobody really likes Twix. like who you know, I'm gonna get some twits, like who I should probably stop. They don't advertise with us, do they? No, they don't. Okay, it's like. Like, who asked for this? Nobody asked for this. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. It's weird. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Mm hmm. Um, shout out to each and every one of you out there in the chat Farrell um, Blackwell, Ladame, Sharon Eldridge, Deborah Battle, uh, Aaron Fry, and, and all of you out there, there in the chat. There you go. Good evening, one and all. There you go. All right. We All are right. going to get this train moving real quick because I do understand that we were a little late this, this this evening. Hey, man. We may not come when you call us, but we'll be there right on time. That's right. And we are right on time as we go through our missives from the missionaries. So what else is going on, Lynn? We have emails, Vincent. Ooh, missives from the missionaries. Ooh. This is from the missionaries, ladies and gentlemen, where we look at the emails and comments that we've gotten from all of you. We've gotten a comment in real time in the chat. Vincent LaDame is saying, hold on, y'all bugging because Twix are delicious. I refuse to believe that they choose Twix first. It's not your first. It's not your first choice. You know what Twix are? When your kids go, um, when, when when Halloween comes and it's trick-or-treating and it's leftover candy. And you eat all of the Reese's peanut butter cups, and you eat all of the M and M's, and you eat all of the chocolate, and the last chocolate candy that's left is the Twix, and you eat them because mm-hmm. it's there. It's candy, mm-hmm. but like no one chooses it first. Do you eat the chocolate candy in that order? Reese's M and M's, and then the rest of the. I chocolate? do. Really, I do. So, Reese's would be your go to chocolate Re- first. Re- Reese's peanut butter cup, absolutely. Interesting. That it wouldn't be mine. Okay. That <laughs> okay. wouldn't be mine. My, You're my- not going to say nothing crazy like a Zag nut or nothing. <laughs> no. Something, something crazy, all right, what, what? No, I think my my go to first would be a Snickers. It's fair. It would be a Snickers. Snickers is but- a solid choice. Yeah. Snickers yeah. is a solid choice. It would be a Snickers bar, and mm-hmm. then after that, like I don't go to M and I like M and M's. Sure, but I really am, I'm I'm good with M and M's. I would go to a Snickers, then I'd go to um, Milky Way. Milky Way, Milky Way is low for me. Really, it th- I'm suspicious of nougat. You <laughs> you're scared of nougat? Yeah, Three Musketeers used to be my favorite candy bar until I realized like what. What is nougat? What am I actually eating? You know what? We are brothers, man. Because yeah. I was the same way. Yeah. I was, that used to be my jam. Right, and then right. I was like, what is, what is this what exactly? Is this? Yeah. yeah it's, so. it's not quite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it tastes like it wants to be a Whopper, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we've got anyway. uh, emails. Ladies right, and gentlemen. Right, right. Well, Dame, we, 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 we see your, your passion over the Twix, and we acknowledge that. Yes. and Different st- strokes for different folks. You stay there. Right, right, right. All right, we're going to the email. All uh, right, what we got? We got an email from Michael Sykes. Hey, what's up, Michael? Watching us in real time. Hello, Lennon Vincent. I listened to y'all old episode of the 1993 movie, Who's the Man? Okay. Regardless of what y'all say... <laughs> This is a good Saturday matinee movie. Oh, hey, man. If, man, you say, if he, he if, throw a lot of qualifiers look, on there. Look, look, if you, a lot of qualifiers if, on there. If you say so, there is not a better film starring hip hop host <laughs> and love of 90s rap music. It's <laughs> supposed to, you know, I don't know, hip hop host of country music. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those movies you see on your local channel showing on a lazy Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Y'all took this movie too seriously. Hey man, that's, that, that's actually, our that is sh- our that's job. That's actually our shtick. Michael. We take all the movies <laughs> a little bit too seriously. We had a conversation last night for another podcast that focused on the National Film Registry. And we talked for 15 minutes mm-hmm. without irony, without jokes, dead ass serious about the work of Tyler Perry. Yes, we did. Very seriously. That's our whole deal. We take everything seriously. Michael continues. Continue, Michael. Bernie Mac, okay? Dr. Dre, mm-hmm. Ed Lover, yes. and Dennis Leary did a great job, especially the donut scenes. There's <laughs> a lot of passion for <laughs> who's the man. That's a, that's a lot of call out there. Uh, shout out to Baja do, uh, Doja, uh, an actor whom y'all don't show no respect to. Are you kidding me? Every time a man shows up, we, about to say, we we do. shout him out. We do, we do. The way y'all talked about this movie is like y'all never gave this movie a chance. <laughs> we had it in for who's demand. I'll choose this movie over another bow-legged Lou movie, House Party Two. Y'all mocked Mr. Lou for singing "Precious Lord," in which he did a great job in. <laughs> <My> goodness! However, <laughs> I still love the podcast. Okay, okay, and I agree with Vincent. I don't like Heavy D reggae songs and Johnny Gill is better than Ralph. I don't even remember this conversation. I don't remember. Although I agree with everything that he said I just said. I didn't like Heavy D's reggae and I do think Johnny Gill is a better singer than Ralph. And now I'm going to have to deal with Toya. No, I mean... I don't. I, I don't think there's an argument that Johnny Gill is a better singer than Ralph. Okay, all right. I don't think he doesn't have the charisma that Ralph oh, does. No, so. he said he'll rub you the right way. And, and in the video, he had on church shoes and he was dancing real, real fast. Yeah, yeah, real fast. A little bit too fast. Just real fast. That's, that's Johnny's problem. That's Johnny Johnny move real fast? That's right. Johnny was in the back. Right, the right, right. 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 You couldn't hide on rubby the right way, dude. It's, I can't imagine joining New Edition after they have been together that long. Well, I can't imagine having these hardened veterans of. I can't imagine, first of all, joining New Edition, but you're stepping in for Bobby Brown. Yeah. Though Ralph was the voice. Bobby was the one your eye went to. I know. Right after, I Ralph. know. I know. There's that moment in the "If It Isn't Love" video, and I'm sure you know it's all acting this, that, and this and other. Where they're all frustrated because mm-hmm. Johnny just can't. He can't catch <laughs> the moves, and I felt so bad for him. So I was like, shit. Like, how do you join New Edition? And like now you gotta do the new edition. Like they had been doing the new edition stuff for like 10 years. And now, like you're the dude that sang perfect combination with Stacey Laddisall. That's what you did. Like Th- That's what you do. I don't know if Johnny Gill had a fast song before he joined New Edition. No, because his solo album came out like, right. right after that. Song. Right, right, Chemistry. Right. Chemistry, So he probably had like some fast song, but they right, were like, but hits. it was like half crazy yeah. and in perfect combination. And like he had the jerry curl. It yeah. was at the yeah. piano. Like that wasn't even Johnny Gill's deal. Right. Right. The worst now part. Now He's in new edition. He got to do the new edition stuff. The worst part is that, yes, they show the frustration that he can't get quite get the steps. The worst part is that they still couldn't edit out of the video. That he is still messing up. I mean, like the parts they keep in the look, video, he's, he's the, off way he's to the left. He's doing <laughs> the best he can. And you know, and I think he catch, you know, the, I mean, like eventually he, but damn, can you imagine? And they gave him the parts where you know he just slowed down a little bit. Right. Oh my goodness. I always felt I did, I did, I always felt for Johnny Gill. I was like, poor guy. Y'all said I was just singing. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. It's like with the Four Tops famously said to Barry Gore, like they wanted the Four Tops to do like the Temptations mm-hmm. type, you know, intricate. And, and the Four Tops, and look, like, man, we yep. going to sing or we going to dance. You are going to have to pick. Like it's only one Temptations. Mm-hmm. Or like in Shalimar... Like you know, um, Jeff Dan- Jeffrey Daniels, Jeffrey Daniels, right? The other guy, yeah. Jeffrey Daniels and Jody Watley yeah. were actually dancers yes. on Soul Train. Yes. Howard Hewitt, hey man, I'm here to sing. I like, like if you look at like the Shalomar footage, like they're in the background and they're all because because they're dancers. Howard, Hewitt, hey man, I don't do all that. Mm-mm. I gotta watch. Right, right, right. Poor Johnny Gill, you new addition. You got to sing you and to, dance. Yeah, bruh. Yeah, bruh. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, he caught him slap because when he starts singing, he stops dancing. Right. Oh my goodness. If you notice that in all right. of his videos, right. Well, thank you. Was that the end of Michael's? That was the end of Michael. Right. You, that that. I'm, I'm actually. Do you <laughs> see that touchdown? Because I did. I <laughs> felt for Johnny. I did. I felt for that brother. It's the argument that will never end. We could just, we could just do our right ad, new no edition. Right, right. Um, all right, all right. That's our emails. Let's okay, all right. All right. We're going to continue, keep moving on. There is uh for September, there is no top five mm-hmm. as we are instead taking this moment to celebrate fifty years of hip hop, mm-hmm. and we're going to use the year of our documentary okay, to present five things that happened in the world of hip-hop. I Called Him Morgan mm-hmm. came out in 2016. Yes, it did. So we are going to look at the year of hip-hop 2016. I, I don't know if I'm going to have as much fun with this list as we did last week. Well, these are probably... No, but things that you're not going to have much to, to All right, go say ahead. about. Well, let's just go ahead through them. So, but we'll start with number five. Number five, hip hop, 2016. Uh, huh? Hip hop, 2016. Uh, and also the other the other caveat is that these are things that happened in hip hop in September, September of 2016. 2016. So we're like right. really keeping it, you know, right, right, right. in theme here. Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that on September 16th in mm-hmm. 2016, mm-hmm. the rapper The Game? Okay, remember The Game? I do remember The Game. He released oh his diss track "92 Bars," which was aimed at Philly's own Meek Mills, who oh <laughs> the Game claims ratted him out. Okay. About um, the game, quote unquote, robbing Sean Kingston at an L.A. nightclub. Well, it, when, when you say he ratted him out, is he admitting he, that he did it? No, no. The game is saying that Meek ratted him out to the police. Right. Saying that saying that yeah, he game, the game's the one that did it. Right. So is the game angry because Meek Mills lied on him, or is the game angry that Meek Mills told on him? That part is never made clear. Or it's at least not, clear. not that I could see. So the game I, I never saw was, any place where like, he admitted right 2016, that he 2016, did city. Right, I assume the game was too old like to be robbed like uh, to be robbing people. Right. Why are you or robbing, too famous? Or too famous. So that's why I'm, I'm uh, oh, whoa, there you go. I don't care. <laughs> it just dawned on me that there are two possible answers. Either the game didn't do it and Meat Mills lied on them and I don't care, or the game <laughs> robbed him. <them. laughs> And Meek Mill's total. I don't care. Yeah. Okay, all right. What's the next 2016? Huh? So, so in, 20, in September 2016 right, right. is the, when Game released a diss track called "92 Bars." Sure, why not? Do you want to hear the lyrics? I of 92? don't. <laughs> I am almost positive we can skip all four of these. Okay, well, I I won't give you. Like, the- I challenge you to come up with one of these that I'm interested in. Vincent, I'm telling you right now, you don't want to do that. Because <laughs> why? Because the next one is 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 a is a tragic one. Oh no! Did somebody die? Yes. Who died in 2016? On September tw- number four, on uh, September 21st, uh, Shardy Lowe from the group uh, D D4L. Uh, which stands for Down for Life, uh, was killed in a single car accident in Fulton County, Georgia. Okay. Um, he was known for for um, his group, D4L. They released in 2005, Laffy Taffy. Remember that track, Laffy I Taffy? I do remember that. Yeah, and he had recently gone uh, solo. He was 40 years old. Um, When the car accident, when his 2016 Audi caught fire at the Cascade Road exit after crashing into a guardrail and hitting several trees, two women were said to be in the car, but were also sent to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Um, But Shorty, a.k.a. Carlos Walker, um, died in that car accident. Well, that's sad. And now you've brought down the room. I'm sorry. Can we move to three that perhaps is less tragic? <laughs> Number three. Number three in September of 2016 sees the release of The Sun's Tirade, the debut studio album by Isaiah Rashad. This album was released on September <laughs> September 2nd. Um, it was recorded during a period in which Rashad was with had experienced struggles with depression and addiction. It featured guest appearances from Sir Zakari, Kendrick Lamar. Oh, okay, right. I didn't know who that is <laughs> Deacon Blues. Um, and it would go on. It debuted at number seventeen on a U.S. Billboard 200. Mm-hmm. Um, fe- it uh, featured the acclaimed lead single "Free Lunch." And was noted on many end of year best album lists. Mm-hmm. Okay. All, right. All so right. There you have that. All right. Do you, um like, I know you remember when you got to the point where like artists were coming out they followed and, and you, followed them, and you, you didn't know who they were yes like like they like you see people who know this is such and such and mm-hmm. they did this that and the other and you didn't know where they were and, and there's that period where where you tried to figure out who people were do you remember getting to the period where you just didn't care anymore yes yeah 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 it was before 2016 it was indeed <laughs> before 2016. <laughs> It's funny because you mentioned Kendrick Lamar and I was firmly in my, I don't need to hear anyone new ever again. And one of my students actually said, you know, no, 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 you should listen to this. And I said, I'm not listening to this. And they said, no, really, you should listen to this. So I'm not listening to this. And they said, no, really, you should listen to it. And like the third time I said, "Eh, all right, I'll listen to it. And Good Kid, Mad City is one of my favorite albums. The Kendrick past. Lamar is a good, yeah. is a very good oh, artist. Yeah. Oh, and uh, There actually are a few good artists. Like he, he, he lists that he worked with Sir. I have gone back and listened to some tracks of Sir. I like mm-hmm. Sir. I like Sir a lot. Um, there's, there's a few artists out I'm there sure, now. Look, I know. I'm, I'm sure it is. You know, so yeah. I like. So it's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not many, but um, look, man, look, everything don't have to be for everybody. Very true. All right, continue on. Number two. Number two. Uh, this is this is not a tragic story, but good this, it, it, it ends a little tragically. Oh, no. Um September of twenty sixteen sees the release of the Divine Feminine on September sixteenth, which is the latest album at the time from Mac Miller. Okay. Out of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh this movie, um, excuse me, this this album features the lead single Dang, which he does with Anderson Pack. Okay. Which is a great track. If love you've never Anderson heard that track, if you've never heard that track, Dang, listen to it. I guarantee you will love it. It's a mm, great Mac Miller's a little mediocre. You say that. I, I, I do I, say I, that. I I I I publicly I, recorded this, well, okay. People are gonna talk about it like two years from now. They, they, they will. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, that track mm-hmm. is very, very nice. Okay. And he's good on it. Is he playing like the triangle? He's not playing. He's rapping. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm not saying he's the greatest rapper uh, of all time, but he's not a bad uh, rapper. I've heard a lot worse rapper. This uh, is not a ringing endorsement. He, no, he's good. No, he's actually very good uh, on it. All right. Okay. Listen to it. Uh, Dang. All right. Sure. Listen to it. All right. Um, this album would also feature him working with, again, Kendrick Lamar, mm-hmm. um, Bilal. Mm, okay. It's not a bad lineup. Ariana Grande and CeeLo Green. Okay. All right. Now, uh, how did it end badly? Well, it ended badly. I don't know if you know about this, but Mac Miller suffered a long time with addiction and substance abuse. Okay. And he um, overdosed in 2018. I don't know if you knew that. I, I didn't. Oh, yeah. He Did he, did he die? Is he yes. alive? Yeah. No, no. And, and again, Two years, almost two years to the day, September 7th. Damn, that's terrible. September 7th of 2018, he died from an accidental drug overdose of cocaine, fentanyl, and alcohol. God damn. And he was only 26. Oh, well, that's too bad. At the time. Sorry to hear that. I Yeah, indeed. I didn't like his stuff, but I didn't want him to die. I'm sure you did. Hopefully die. that goes out. <laughs> not necessarily. That was not <laughs> for his death. <laughs> As you, as you laugh, as you could fall ra- can, rather heartily. Can you find something like, what, what, can you find something? Is the last one going to end with death? No. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And this is maybe tangentially hip hop. Okay. All right. But mm-hmm. on September 30th mm-hmm. in 2016, mm-hmm. we get the third studio album mm-hmm. from American singer songwriter Solange. This is her critically acclaimed and Grammy award-winning mm-hmm. album, A Seat at the Table. Yes sir, which features um art, her working also with uh Little Wayne, mm-hmm. Q-Tip and The Dream. Yeah, yeah. Um this album was the number one album on the Billboard 200 in the United States. Uh, it featured the lead single, Cranes in Cranes the Sky, in the sky? which won the Grammy for yeah. Best RB yeah. Performance. Yeah. Don't touch my hair. Um, in a statement, Solange described the new album as a project on identity, empowerment, independence, grief, and healing. And in 2020, the album, A Seat at the Table, was ranked at Three hundred and twelve on Rolling Stone's five hundred greatest albums of all time list. That's actually probably not not a bad ranking. It's not a bad ranking, and I would imagine that's one of those things that, in the years to come, it might even rise up. I know it's a lot of bullshit above her, though. I'm sure. I, I you know, it's a great album. It's a very good. album. Yeah, it's a, it. It really is. I was always a fan of Solange, though. Like, Solange and the Soul Angels was my go-to joint. Really? Yeah, her joint before that. I don't know. I don't, where she was like the 60s girl pop. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never checked that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good way to end it. There's a, that's, that's a good yeah. way to end it. Okay. Well, there you go. I tried. Hey, man. And that is hip hop. Hip hop. In 2016. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's keep it moving, keeping it moving. It is now time for 6 degrees mm-hmm. of Derville Martin. All right. That's <laughs> All right. Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. where I will give Vincent two actors mm-hmm. and he will have six movies or less to connect them back to. OK. The man we call Derville. All right. All, all right. right. Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. Keeping in theme. Thematic. This first actor. These are going to be actors that they whilst killed him in a jealous rage not that theme okay all right spoiler His first actor <laughs> is a fa- is a famous morgan okay all right all right and six movies are less mm-hmm. Vincent connect Derville Martin to okay okay Jeffrey Dean Morgan Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, see, the problem with me and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You don't know who that is. No, I know exactly who it is. The problem is he's such a huge presence on The Walking Dead Mm. that it has pushed out a lot of his anything that I would have in my Rolodex that he was in the movies. But he was in movies. I was about to say what. Films that I believe you may have seen Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the movies, though. Yes, yes. <sighs> He's uncredited in a movie that I know you saw, but I'm but but that wouldn't count uncredited. Right, right. right. Count. Well, right. right. Oh, Although I fight for Dolomite in Penitentiary too. What was he in in the movies? Um, because I always think about him on TV. Even before Walking Dead, well, he because he was on. Um, he was on another movie. I know you saw. He was on Supernatural. He would play their. He plays their dad in the flashbacks. Oh, does he? I never saw Supernatural. Yeah, but he was in not a. Bad. He has a huge role in a movie that I know you saw. It's a superhero movie. A huge role. Wait, a pivotal role. Wait. Does he play Thomas Wayne in something? He's uncredited as Thomas Wayne. But it's clearly him. Yes, but he's uncredited. you yes. I don't want to hear that. He, no, but that that come on, man. That, the, the, the I other just one, called out who he was in the movie. Okay, but there's another there's another superhero movie I know you saw. It's a very pivotal role. And, and, and it will give you just as many tea leaves. You know what? Because I got him in Thomas Wayne, tell me what the movie is. The movie that he's Thomas Wayne? No, I know he's Thomas Wayne and like one of them, Batman. What what is he in the movie? Are you talking about? The Watchmen. Oh, see, that's where you're wrong. Because I knew the Watchmen was a dog. Not for one moment. Did I watch the Watchmen? You didn't watch Watchmen? Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. It's not bad. Oh, stop it. It It's not bad. It's not bad. It, It is terrible. It's not terrible. It is it's absolutely terrible. It's not terrible. terrible. Oh, it's, yes not it terrible. it's not terrible. Like, I was almost Alan Moore with that. It's not terrible. Like, the, like missed the entire point. It's not terrible. It isn't. Who else is in that dog? Oh, so. <laughs> now you're um, going to call it the dog. Oh, I'm 100% calling it. Yeah, Watchmen <laughs> by Zack Snyder is a crime. It's not. It's, like, it's like, I'd rather they had done the Watchmen babies, like they joked about <laughs> on The Simpsons. <laughs> It's not bad. Come on, stop. It is. It's not. If you read The Watchmen. The I Watch- read The Watchmen. I read The Watchmen almost every Come other on, year. Then, you, then stop. Then you're, you, I'm not you're, saying it's better than the comic. No, I'm not saying no, it's better I'm than saying, the... Are you saying that it captures the essence of the comic? Are you Are you saying that every everything that Alan Moore is trying mm-hmm. to say in the comic, any of that makes yes. it to the screen in the movie? No, I don't think it captures the comic fully. No, not fully. Any of it at all, like like any of it at all. I think it makes well, attempts. Come yes. on, stop. I think it does. You first of all, you haven't seen it, so you I've, can't say. I've seen like a half hour of it. I still, no, I've That's seen, enough to know that Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, one. I've seen the breakout scene in the jail. Yeah, okay, you, uh, th- that's, Come on. Oh my god. Who, who else is in that dog? So it's like him. It's um yeah. shit. I don't even want to talk about because now you got you got me distracted <laughs> with nerd rage. What else is he in? Oh right, because he plays a comedian. Yes. Oh Jesus, a pivotal role. A okay, comedian. I'll give you another movie. Yeah, yeah. Because another Watcher comic book, another me, comic book movie just makes me angry. Go An- ahead. Another comic book movie that he's in that he has a pivotal role in. Okay. From twenty ten, Mm-hmm. the losers. Oh, that's um. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh, Derville Martin is in... um, How do I want to get to the losers? I mean, I know I'm going to get to the losers, but how do I get right to the losers? Oh, here you go. Here's here's a sideways way to do it. Speaking of genre movies, Derville Martin... Is in um, Dolomite mm-hmm. with Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore is in The Monkey Hustle with Yafet Kodo. Yes. Yafet Kodo is an Alien with Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. who's in Avatar with Zoe Saldana, who's in um the- Wait a second. Who am I trying to get to? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And then we said- You're right was, there. You're right there. Zoe Isoltonow was right, in right, he's in the loop, she's in the losers with um Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Very good. There you go. Very good, Vincent. All right, you did it. The Watchmen. I'm not saying it's great, but oh, it's not God. bad. That's all I'm saying. It is. It, it again, like the whole the, the whole point of The Watchmen is commentary and it deconstructs superheroes and it talks about the the kink and power dynamic in it, and and Zack Snyder just turns it into some Zack Snyder thirteen year old boy adolescent nonsense. I I I I have to disagree, and I'm I'm not caping for Zack Snyder in any type of way. But I do think that there is the attempt to bring that into the movie. I don't think Zack Snyder is a skillful enough of a director. To really, to really nail it, it and um, primarily because he sticks so slavishly to the comic I was book, to say, it's so superficial, right? It's, it's so it's surface, so, and because of that, it comes it comes off as very surface level. But I think, but I think that but if there, it's surface level by definition, you didn't capture the subtext. But I, I, but I think, I think in in there is an attempt to do that, Especially, even with the breakout scene, and then in the them that turning them on for the sex scene that happens in uh in in the ship i think there's there is attempt to bring that to life he just it's just not skilled enough a storyteller as a director to nail it the dude who plays night owl is not schlubby enough for the sex scene to be effective because the whole deal is that that dude is schlubby. He should have he put on. In that, the, the breakout scene, the superhero stuff is a kink. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. You don't get that in the movie when the dude playing Night Owl is all six packed out and in and, and Hollywood movie guy. Well, the the reason for that is yes, because of the the suit that he wears. No, when he doesn't have the suit on, he's Hollywood six pack movie guy. He's not schlubby at all. He's 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 fit. He's but he's not he. he I'm telling you, Vincent, He's not. It's not. It's not like it's. It's not like it's. Um, keep going. Keep going. Because Because it's this, not like it's, this, like, it's like Chris keep... Evans taking off his shirt. There. It's. It's he, not. He's Did not. he not have a six pack when he took his shirt I off? I don't believe. I don't remember. He he, it. He's 100%. not as. He's not as schlubby as the comic book. I agree, but he's not. But he's. But he also is not. Um, what's Thor guy? Because he's the person everyone. Goes yes, to. but he's still, Chris Hemsworth. He still looks like actor guy in movie. I. I, I th- I, Rorschach the, is all cool. Rorschach is cool. Rorschach is not cool. He, he looks at, now, now that I I I think Rorschach is they they casted him perfectly. He looks he's an anti-hero and he's cool. He he they casted him perfectly. Go ahead. Who's the next one? Watchmen. <laughs> next. Yes. Keeping in theme. Uh-huh. This is a famous Lee. Okay. Okay? And I went easy on you. Okay. Because right. I was going to do Lee Mayweather, but I didn't do Lee Mayweather. So instead, I went easy Wait, on you. Wait, Lee me. Mayweather second cat woman? No, is that, no that's Lee Merriweather. Are you talking about the same person? No. It's not the same person. Okay. Lee Mayweather wasn't the second cat woman. The person I'm thinking about wasn't the second cat Okay. Man. All right. Go ahead. I can't remember who that person was, but it All wasn't. Right. It wasn't. Anyway, that's Mm -hmm. not who I did. All right, who'd you do? I went easy on you. All right, who you got? So six movies or less, Uh connect Derville Martin Uh to Lee Marvin. Oh, yeah, Lee Marvin. Well, good, because we ate up so much time with The Watchmen. Because um, Derville Martin is in, um, guess who's coming to dinner with Sidney Poitier? Sidney Poitier is in Paris Blue's. With Diane Carroll, Diane Carroll is in the split with um, Jim Brown, who's in the Dirty Dozen with Lee Marvin. Very good, yeah, very good. All right, you could also have gone. Diane Carroll is in the split with Ernest Borgnine, okay, who was in. Is he oh also Jesus! In the dirty dozen? Also, he's also in the dirty he's dozen. The dirty but dozen. that wasn't where I was going to go. I was going to go to Bad Day at BlackRock, But but he's also in the, he's also in the dirty dozen. <laughs> he's also in the dirty dozen. We've named three of the dirty dozen. <laughs> well done. There you go. All right. All right. All right. Because who's, who's he? in? That's him in Cat Baloo, right? Yes. Who's in Cat Baloo with him? Who's the female lead? That Cat is Baloo? Um, Kim Novak. Kim Novak. All right. Yes. Sammy yeah. Davis' is, uh, old lover. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mafia took him out in the woods and said, <laughs> Nigga, you lost one eye. Don't <laughs> lose the other eye behind Kim Novak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oof. <laughs> oof. You really love Kim Novak. He loved his eye though. <laughs> <laughs> he loved his eye, though. Married his ass off to a to a black showgirl. <laughs> oh. No. Cause he marries um no, before that, because remember the Kim Novak stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Then he gets married to the showgirl, the black showgirl to throw off the scent. And then he marries my Brit. What? I didn't think that there was a black girl showgirl in between. Yes. No, no, I don't No, they didn't get married. No, they did get married. And then they got it annulled after like a year. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh. So where does Lola Falana come in? Because he has a relationship with Lola Falana. He has an affair with Lola Falana when he's married to Mae Britt. That's right, because while he's doing right. uh Mr., um Mr. Bojangles' The the no Not Mr. Bojangles. A, the man with the golden Yeah, some Broadway. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Right, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. We went down we, we went down Sammy Davis rabbit hole ladies right, gentlemen. Right, I apologize. Right. You just trying to calm me down from the watchman stuff. <laughs> you just gonna rattle. You just gonna hold Sammy Davis. You because you, you know I like Sammy Davis Jr. So you Sammy. just have, you just I know Sammy. what you're doing. <laughs> Trying to bring me, you know, calm me down with Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> talk. And it worked. Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That was funny. That was fun. That was very funny. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Hold on one moment, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to get it moving here. Mm -hmm. And it's almost time for us to get into our review, but I just want to check one thing here. Uh, please bear with me because as you know, we started late. We're doing this live, mm-hmm. <laughs> doing cert- certain things live here. Um, while he's doing that, I'll look at the comments. And Ladane, we did indeed indeed review Anna LaCosta, it is in the archives. It is mm-hmm. indeed. All right, I just want to, I'm trying to find something that I, I I definitely want to make our listeners aware of uh hold on please just bear with me one moment boom there we go all right uh if you are in the Philadelphia area ladies and gentlemen I invite you mm-hmm. this Thursday September 14th To go to the Philadelphia Film Society in Center City, Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. because our great friend Stephanie Watts Mm -hmm. of the Be Real Black Cinema Club are going to be presenting a screening of Jason's Lyric. Yes, absolutely. On the big screen where it belongs. That's right. Bokeem Woodbine, large and projected. I don't think that's what people are immediately going to come to their mind when they think about large and projected from Jason's lyric. Right, right. right. I, I, I see a meadow in their dreams. <laughs> Alan Payne's golden naked behind, mm-hmm. glistening. Yes, in the meadow. Yes, <laughs> on a huge, a huge screen, cinemascope. Yes, this Thursday, September fourteenth. At um, 7 p.m. at the Philadelphia Film Society here in Philadelphia. You can go to filmadelphia.org. That's F I L M mm-hmm. A D E L P H I A.org to get your tickets for the screening of Jason's Lyric, brought to you by the Be Real Black Cinema Club. Shout out to our girl, uh, Stephanie. If you're in Philly, make your way there. Um, Vincent and I, we're going to try and be there. Taking in, it's been a long time since I've seen Jason's lyric on a on a huge screen. I'm actually interested in to seeing to see it again. So I I actually honestly believe that if there are movies that you have loved, ladies and gentlemen, but you've only seen them on the small screen, or it's it's been so long since you've seen them on the big screen mm-hmm. that when you are given that opportunity, you owe it to yourself to to take advantage of that I agree with you and see them again on I the agree with screen. you I agree with you you know what movie I'm I'm dying I am I am dying I'm so mad that uh, um I I wasn't able to make it out during the pandemic to see it on a huge screen was my one of my favorite movies of all time it's a mad 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 world oh yeah that's your jam that's my jam it was it, it was filmed in Cinemascope, mm-hmm. huge wide screen mm-hmm. And during the pandemic, they were playing it for just a weekend. Mm. But it was in like upstate New York. Okay. And I was like so tempted to mm-hmm. try and go, but I just couldn't like it was like at the height of like sure. Well, it wasn't the height of the pandemic, but it wasn't hadn't quite died down yet. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to take the chance. No, I hear you. I but hear you. um I told myself that if I get enough notice and there, it, it's playing again someplace, even if it's playing in California, I'm going to see if I can't go and see it. Okay, that's fair. Because I because I love that movie and I want to see it on a huge screen. That is fair. And I've never seen it with an audience. Okay. So All I want right. to see it with, because when I watch it with somebody, they usually don't get the jokes. They yeah, don't get, get the jokes. Okay. It's that's a little not. long and they leave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice story and then it got sad at the end. And he got a little sad, I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Alright. Alright. But that is a perfect segue. Alright. Into our review of I Called Him Morgan. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. You're listening to Blue Notes, Blue Nights here in New York City. Gonna be a stormy one tonight, folks. So take care of yourselves. Now, a fresh outtake from a forthcoming Blue Note album by Lee Morgan. He's really flying high on this one. Well-known trumpet player Lee Morgan Fatally shot early Saturday morning in an East Village Jazz Club. Police said the 33-year-old Morgan had quarreled earlier with his wife Helen Morgan, who shot the musician once in the chest after he completed a late-night set at Slug's Jazz Club. Police have arrested Mrs. Morgan, who is due to be arraigned in Manhattan... Criminal- Didn't know what to think, because they were both together. They were always the people we related to, both of them. I'm looking at the back of his head. What you doing, man? Lee, hey Lee, what you doing? Morgan came to my house. I said, "This little boy, you know, it was cold." I said, "You ain't got no cold." He said, "I pointed." I thought Helen was super. She was unafraid to be with a person who was unstable. I was very angry. That was my first response—anger. And yet, this is the woman who literally picked this man up out of the gutter and made it possible for him to function again as a human being. I called him Morgan from 2016, an exploration of the relationship between jazz trumpeter Lee Morgan and his common law wife, Helen, who was implicated in his murder in 1972. This documentary directed by Casper Collins um, and written by Casper Collins around, along with Jesper Osmond um, premiered in 2016 and to relatively huge acclaim mm-hmm. was Vincent's selection for tonight's stop on the mission as we go dock to school. Mm-hmm. Vincent What say you of, I called him Morgan. Well, look, I'm a sucker for jazz documentaries. Like just any jazz documentary at all, especially Mm -hmm. uh, about an older or or rather a musician from the past. Because what that means is that you're going to get a whole bunch of old black men Mm-hmm. and sit them down in front of a camera mm-hmm. and they're going to talk about the past. And, and you know, like, you know, I told Charles sometimes I won't be the top hat. And then he told me that, well, if we're going to play by the house rules, we're going to put $200 under free parking. <laughs> and every time somebody goes to jail, we won't put that money under the free parking. And I said, well, no, that's not what the rules say. And this is is dialogue that's not in this documentary. Right. But just talking about anything. I love, love, love that part of it. There's always going to be some footage of, of the, the players playing mm-hmm. their music mm-hmm. and some stills. And for someone like Lee Morgan, who was on Blue Note. And they talk about it in the film and, and they're Which actually, was the big jazz label. Of which was dad. one of the big jazz labels. But one of the things that Blue Note was famous for was that one of the owners, Francis Wolfe, was a photographer. Mm-hmm. So he would take, you know, all Thousands. these amazing yeah. photos. So yes. this documentary is filled with all of these wonderful still shots of them perf- of them performing recording. of them eating them drinking coffee mm-hmm. of them acting goofy yeah. of them you know smoking cigarettes just all of it there there's there's a moment in here where 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 Lee Morgan initial one of one of one of his stops in his career he was in Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment in here where the Jazz Messengers are on the Tonight Show with Steve Allen. Mm-hmm. And Steve Allen, there it's a moment, it's a moment before they're performing. And Steve Allen is talking to something. He's announcing them, yeah. And the camera pulls back and they're not performing yet. Right, they're getting ready. It's just the band on stage, and they're smoking cigarettes. <laughs> they're talking to one another. And they're talking, and I'm holding- and I actually Put down my notebook. I said, these are the coolest motherfuckers ever on earth. So just on that level, this documentary fulfills everything that I want in a jazz documentary. It's just real cool. You got the music. You got old black men talking. All of that. A plus, no notes. What I think elevates this above just sort of, again, just generalized TV One history channel documentary on jazz musician du jour that you catch on Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. is right in the title. I called him Morgan. And you realize that this is a quote from Lee Morgan's Wife, yes, Helen Morgan, and the film, or, or rather the documentary, very smartly starts with the moment that if you know anything about Lee Morgan, you know it's headed towards. Like, like I think at this point in 2023, almost as much for his music, Lee Morgan is famous for the fact that his wife killed him at a club, shot him in a club. Yep. And in my whole life, you, you know, I, I mentioned last week, my dad likes, liked Lee Morgan. And 50% of the time, some Lee Morgan would be playing. My dad would say, yeah, because you know his wife killed him in the club. It's exactly what has happened. Like, he killed him in the club. That like becomes every, the shorthand. That It's shorthand. So I always knew that his wife had killed him in the club. Yeah. I didn't know any of the details. And I think the assumption that I've always made, because unfortunately this happened with a lot of the jazz musicians from this moment is that I knew Lee Morgan struggled with drugs mm-hmm. and, and heroin addiction. I assumed that drugs were mixed up. Played a part in it. In right. in whatever the conflict a was natural assumption. Where she felt like once again, she had to shoot him yes. at a club. Right. A crowded club. A crowded club. He was at a gig. Yes. But, I love how the documentary gives Helen Morgan voice. Mm-hmm. literally gives her voice Be- because you, you know, one of the voices that you hear throughout this documentary is that after she gets out of prison, she goes to basically night school. And one of the teachers at the night school interviews her. Well, she returns first of all, she returns. To her roots in North Carolina. Right. And then she goes to school. But this guy interviews her. Yes. So In 1996. So he has these tapes Mm -hmm. of interviews and we get to hear her voice. And the documentary lays out the fact that while Lee Morgan was addicted to heroin, so much so that he had fallen out of favor. It sounds like he was damn near homeless, destitute. Helen Morgan is the one who got him together. Yeah, and you know, I know, and I think it's worth pointing out when he is down and out, that's when she walks into his life. Right. She's not there before. Right, exactly, exactly. Lifts him up, mm-hmm. cleans him up, manages his life. And from from what I gather from the documentary, he doesn't fall back off the wagon. No. Like no. like what happens between him and, and Helen Morgan is about this other woman. right? The other thing that's worth pointing out is that Helen Morgan is 14 years older. Well, I'm getting to that. you okay, know they, you know, they talk sorry. about that dynamic which is also part of this complicated relationship. She is 14 years older than him. You find out, and I'm just going to use the the, the phraseology sexually assaulted. You you know, you find out about her life. She has a baby when she's 13. She has another baby when she's 14. When she tells us this, she says in the same breath, I never wanted kids. Mm -hmm. So although she doesn't say she was sexually assaulted, the fact she was 13, 14 by definition, it's statutory rape, if nothing else. So she has had her own, complicated life and, and 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 challenges that she's navigated. Because with, she didn't raise her kids. Because she, right. And then she meets Lee Morgan. And then, as you said, brings him out. And then this happens. And I thought this was a really fascinating dynamic that you don't see that often. Mm-hmm. The role that, this woman played in his life to kind of keep him together. And I love the almost subtext of how the men around him, his fellow musicians, when they talk about her, how they have these complicated feelings about her, because everyone acknowledges to a person She is the reason that Lee Morgan got himself together. Mm -hmm. But she is also the person that killed Lee Morgan. Yes. And everything that goes with that. And then, you know, and I might be reaching a little bit with this just because I'm I realized that I was very sensitive about Helen Morgan by the end. She tells a story about meeting Miles Davis and and this really nasty interaction with Miles Davis, where Miles Davis basically, he, he says, quote, you're a bitch with a quick, quick mouth, quick mouth. And I don't like bitches with quick mouths. And, you know, and Ben, you know, I, I don't see myself like that. But she I, says, I don't see myself like that. Right. I don't, you know, I got the sense that there is this almost. Ambient sexism where it's like she's this woman in these male spaces running his life. Like, just there's a little bit of a tone where, like, the club owners were like, yeah, you had to go through Helen. Helen's the one that put it all together. Helen is, you you know, Helen is this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, because if Helen wasn't there, you wouldn't get Lee Morgan. Mm -hmm. So that, once again, just straight ahead jazz documentary, love it. But I also love how much this is a documentary about Helen Morgan. Yep. And Helen Morgan's life with Lee Morgan. And not only Helen Morgan, but this other woman gets to talk. Mm-hmm. Like you hear from Judy Johnson, Judy yes. Johnson, where you get to hear from her. So that it's ultimately this this, this very... Um, Immediate document because you you get a chance to hear from the actual principles mm-hmm. as opposed to people talking about it or it just solely or just people. solely right. So yeah, I, you know I really enjoyed it. Like I don't know how many different ways to say like I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed it as well. I I liked um just going back a little bit on some of the things that you pointed out. When they, when the, the interviewer, the the teacher talks about how he, you know, realizes that Helen Morgan is the Helen Morgan in Mm -hmm. his night school. And, um, he wants, you know, he would love to have an interview with her and he asked her for an interview. He asked her for the interview He doesn't get the interview for another eight years. Mm -hmm. And it was only at that, and and eight years later, she comes back to him saying, hey, do you still want that interview? Mm -hmm. They arrange for the interview. It happens in February of 1996. They sit down for what I think you're led to believe is like maybe one or two sessions of the interview. Yeah. Ultimately, it gets interrupted at the end. So he's thinking, oh, well, we'll have to get back together to finish it. And then she dies in March of 1996. Right. So you have a feeling that kind of like tells you that when she contacted him in February, it was almost like, you know, this... um, like this deathbed you sure. know wish that she wanted to get get this story out. Sure. Get her words, you know, get her side of the story told. Right, right. Right. Um, which does give us this magnificent document of her telling her story of her relationship with uh Lee Morgan. But in the exploration and in the interview with all of it all of his um, counterparts of the time, or his ex-bandmates of the time, Wayne Shorter, yeah, oh yeah, uh, um, and, and other uh, other uh, other jazz names, Billy Harper. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them act as a co-signer for everything that she says. Mm-hmm. So if you want to maybe not trust the narrator because it's Helen giving her spin. On the story, everything that his his friends say just co-signs with it. Mm-hmm. it. Along with because they actually give you the biography of Helen that before she met Lee, she was just this woman who loved jazz. Right. And who was always around the jazz clubs. Right. And so much so that she became almost like this den mother. To all the jazz artists. Which is a good distinction, you know, not to be crass, but you never got the sense... She was like a quote unquote groupie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, she was probably as as it's pointed out. She was older than well. She was older than Lee Marvin because Lee Marvin was un- or- Lee Marvin. Excuse yeah. Me. Lee Morgan. Yes. Uh, she was older than Lee Morgan because Lee Morgan was a child protege. Right. Almost, right. So he a was, prod- he yeah, was in bands with, at the age of sixteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you also get the get the sense that she was probably one between 1 and 5 years probably senior to most of the guys in the in the mm-hmm. game as well um or maybe probably a contemporary of dizzy or and things like that or art but so she she threw house parties where they would come and also play there. Right. They felt welcome there. She was a good cook. Mm-hmm. You, you know, she looked after them. She tried to give them good advice. If they took it, they took it. If they didn't, they didn't. But she was she was there, um, and she was just a woman on the scene who was respectful of the scene and liked the music, and they they appreciated her. Mm-hmm. So that I, I liked, you know, getting that window into her world of who she was, and and recognizing her as this full person. Right. This authentic person in this space. Right. Um and then when you hear her own her own voice, um, especially shout out to the the imagery of this. Um, you know, the, the teacher is searching for the cassettes. And then he plays the cassettes on this dirty, dusty old tape recorder. Mm-hmm. But but it, it so it almost has like this found footage type of vibe. Mm-hmm. But that that dustiness of the tape recorder mm-hmm. and the fact that it is like this cassette, it then becomes a time machine back into these black and white stills. Yeah. This black and white time of the of of the sixties, the jazz scene in there. So it really acts as a, 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 an ongoing portal because we keep returning to the, the image of that cassette player mm-hmm. as her, her interview spools on. Um, so I thought that was actually very, very smart. I love that. While this mu- this documentary is filled with the music of Lee Morgan, this is not a documentary about the music of Lee right. Morgan. The man was a great trumpeter. He had some some. He had one humongous hit. I think the Sidewinder mm-hmm. was like his big yeah. Hit. yeah that's, that's a big one. But he had a, he had some modest hit other hits. Mm-hmm. He had he but he but he he was a, a star of mm-hmm. the time. A, a star on the rise. But this is not about the music. The music is what it is. The music becomes the backdrop and the soundtrack mm-hmm. of these of the lives that are being uh, the stories that are being told here. Um, so I like that. So in in doing that, I was actually better able to appreciate the music because the music is doing what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to tell you a story, mm-hmm. right? And the music was t- like what what art, but. Blake Lee would say, "Like, go ahead, tell your story." Right, right. his music told his story, you know. So I I love that, Um, and I also really appreciated this for for a strange reason. Lee, Lee Morgan's voice is not heard in this often. Mm-hmm. Um, right, and when he, that one interview. Th- he does one interview, yeah. and then there's, I think there's a a bit of a recording when he's teaching a class. Yeah, but other than that, you don't hear his voice. Then he's on Soul. Yeah, he's on the, the he's show on Soul. He's on the show Soul. <laughs> um, but I didn't find myself missing his voice. Right, I didn't find that it his voice wasn't there in his music or in the words of everyone that was the telling help helping tell his story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i I still appreciated that I was learning about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this documentary was was um, beautiful, it was poignant. Uh, it does touch on his friend that comes up at the end. It's a, bit, a little bit transparent because we get into oh yeah you know we while it doesn't linger on his drug abuse. It tells the story of what the drug abuse did to him, yeah, in very transparent ways, yeah. Uh, at the end, um, and I appreciated that it doesn't hold any. It doesn't hold anything back in regards to that, and it's just the story. It, it doesn't try to eulogize him in any way. Not it at just all. Just tells his story. Not sw- at all. Straight plainly. Well, a- again, back to Helen Morgan. The sense that I got from Again, you know, much like you said, his bandmates and contemporaries kind of signed this off. The sense I got is that we are living in one of the better timelines mm-hmm. because Lee Morgan was supposed to die or just fade into obscurity or, you know, you know, whatever his last album was before he fully succumbed to drug addiction was supposed to be it. Yeah. Yeah. But we live in a timeline where Helen Morgan went and got him. Right. So that everything that happened after Helen Morgan is, 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 is a treat. It is. Like, it's a treat. So, and that's and, another thing, just, just to push back on you a little bit. I didn't get the sense, and maybe this is my 21st century lens looking at things, Mm -hmm. but when they – actually, when they did talk about how, yes, you had to go through Helen, you know, for the bookings to make Mm -hmm. sure he was there and everything like that, I didn't get the sense at that time that there was sexism, even a a little bit of sexism. There definitely is sexism with Miles Davis. Sure, sure. But that – Tracks because of how who Miles Davis was, what we know of him, right? And I actually like that story, and I think you like it for the same reason, because it shows that Helen suffered no fools, right? Right. But I didn't get sexism from every from every place else. What I got from every place else was a bit of validation of of her, because they knew for the same reason. They knew if not for her, this would not happen. So the fact that she was maybe a little tighter on the rings mm-hmm. and he didn't seem to bother, you know, mind it, you know. I like that dude that owned Slugs. Slugs is one of the nightclubs that he was in and, yeah. and, and the owner was on there talking. I like, I like, it was something about the way he talked about it. I ain't like it. I, I didn't read that from him. All right. I'm sensitive though. Okay. So, and I like, I acknowledge that. Okay. Like, like I really did. I was like, "Oh yeah, you had to go through Helen. Helen did all the bookings, and Helen did it was some about the way he said her name, and the way he kind of oh, you had you couldn't like he basically said you couldn't even talk to Lee. Well, I but, you had to talk to Helen. But I took I that. Like, mm. I took that more not as sexism, uh-huh. but as how out of place that was in that world. Okay, all right. All right. Well, that's that's the way I read. it. I think it. that's fair. I I readily admit by that point in the documentary, I was so team Helen. You were so team Helen. I didn't like use your inside voice when you talk about (laughs) Helen Morgan. And I don't know if that was before or after they had dropped in the Miles Davis. I can't remember where it comes in. But like whenever the Miles Davis moment happens. That kind of sets you up for- I said, see- (laughs) That's that bullshit they all were on with her. And I don't like that. But to the, to, you know, back to that point that we, we have this whole pocket of music after Helen Morgan, Mm. you know, the one thing that I, I I would have done differently with this at the end, you, you know, like with a lot of these documentaries, they, they, you get like this moment where they just play the music. Yeah. Yeah. And they're playing music from when he was in the jazz messengers. I wanted them to play something that he made after he met Helen. Helen's ritual. Helen's ritual, the song Helen's ritual would have been great. but you know that's a itty bitty thing and and I, and and speaking of Helen Morgan and her um, legacy that you get through here, as you said, her 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 interview is interrupted. By her grandson coming in. But it's a great moment. Oh, such a great moment. It's a beautiful moment where, where I don't, I forget whether or not you actually hear the grandson's voice. you hear him a little bit. Like a little bit, but you definitely hear Helen Morgan Mm -hmm. say, you know, hey, baby. Yeah. And, you know, even the teacher is like, hey, little man. And, you know, and, and it's that wonderful energy when a child comes in. And I thought that was so great that that's the last Thing that we hear from her, mm-hmm. this happy moment. You because are, I'm sorry, because you got the sense that she didn't really mean to kill. Him. No, no, one hundred percent. Because you 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 realize it as she's telling her story, she is immediately remorseful yeah. for it. Doesn't try to shy away from it yeah. at, at mm-hmm. all in any way. You know. Does does the time, um, and then pretty much spends the rest of her life trying to kind of like uh, uh, atone for it. You know, she becomes very um, a big part of her church. Not church, not religious, right? But but, you know, this is where I can help a community. This this is where I can make a mark. Exactly, and I I want to be where I can make a mark. Yeah, right. And you and she. she reconnects with our, well, no, before then she had reconnected with her children. Yes. Um, that she had that she had left. Um but yeah, so so because of that, that moment with the grandchild mm-hmm. feels even that much more exactly the, like that she's connected to her family. Yeah. yeah. So it, it really is a beautiful moment. And if you feel in, ladies and gentlemen, that perhaps you know, with this documentary, with us telling you so many beats of it that maybe we're giving a little bit too much of this documentary away. One, to Vincent's point, it starts with basically the story most people, if you know know Lee Morgan at all, Mm -hmm. it starts with the story that you know. Right. He was a guy that got shot by his wife. Right, right. She came in the club and shot him. Right. So it, it, it spoils the lead right there. Right. And the moments that we point out to you Trust me, we are not doing them their due justice. Um, they, It is so well done. The other thing, and I've always had this point, but this, one, there's just something about black and white photography that is just mm-hmm. uh, chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. But I would argue that the late- 50s into the mid 60s. Mm -hmm. That may have been the most stylish time. Dude. Especially for men. Dude. Black men. Dude. I mean, dude was just going to rehearsal and he was looking pimp. Look, man. Look, again, I am I've, I've always not always, but for a very long time I've been a fan of Alfred Wolf's photography. Mm-hmm. Francis, I'm sorry, Francis. Francis Wolf. It's Alfred Lyon, Francis Wolf. Francis Wolf's photography. And just those, you know, just those covers. Mm. Like like the album covers mm. from that period are just beautiful. So just, sublime. I mean, just that you're just like you don't even like the you don't even have to like the music. No. You just bought an album covers. That's why so them. many people had the album covers right. on their walls. Yeah. Yeah, but but you know, like, like these dudes would dress, like you said, a lot of this photography is at rehearsals mm-hmm. and jam sessions. And they mentioned it a couple of times in here that Lee Morgan he, fashioned himself a dresser, yeah, like he liked to dress and, and he shows it off and he shows it off. But oh, oh, dude, again. Look, I love the Helen Morgan stuff. I, I, I for me, I didn't need the Helen Morgan stuff. Like, they could have spent an hour and a half <laughs> just almost a slideshow mm-hmm. of all of this. So, yeah, that's that's it's the best. So, would you recommend that people see I Call Helen Morgan? I would, I would, and 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 pointedly, I would recommend it outside of what I just said. Like, I said, I'm pretty much a Jazz documentary whore. Like, I'm just going to watch everything. But this is a really good documentary, Mm -hmm. first of all. I think it tells a great story. I think it tells a story that even if you think you know the story, it fills it in way more than – I would argue the vast majority of people know about this story. Yeah. I think it is a wonderful showcase for the music because, you know, the other thing that it does, it does its job. Like I downloaded four or five albums as I was watching it. I would have thought that you already had a lot of it. Yeah. You know, some of it's on CD, some okay. of it, you know, here, okay. and there, and there, but like, you know, I didn't have it on my phone. Oh, okay. I got you. Like, you know, I'll like, tell you like maybe about a year ago, I finally broke down, got I'm not going to say what I almost advertises something for free, but I got you know I got a streaming service. You know, for years I was against streaming music, and I still am. You know, just generally, but but yeah, so I'm sitting, there, I'm sitting there. Go ahead and put all these on. Um, it's a wonderful snapshot of this moment. I'm trying to see, figure how much I want to say. On camera about this. Art Blakey's jazz messengers. Mm-hmm. The history of them is fascinating. I will say that. The, the group itself. The group itself. Art Blakey and his relationship to these young musicians and these musicians is fascinating. And and if you. Is there a doc about it? Uh, I don't know if there's actually a documentary. I mean, I mean, I'm sure there is, but I don't know how much. It, but this very much fits. Into kind of an er narrative mm. of Art Blakey and the Jazz Messengers. Okay, that you, you I'll say that I'll leave it right there. Um, and it's a wonderful testament to to a woman who made a tragic mistake, mm. and unfortunately, that mistake has defined who she is in the public consciousness. I think this documentary back to my first point does a great job of showing she's more than this moment, giving you the full narrative yeah. of who she is. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, it's a beautiful document, um, on the life of Lee Morgan via Helen Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, and for everything that you just said, uh, I think that people should definitely watch this documentary. Um, and then, just like you said, grab yourself some Lee Morgan. Oh, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, you got to own the Sidewander. Yeah. You yeah. got to gotta have the Sidewander. The other thing that I will say, though, if you haven't done this, ladies and gentlemen, after you see this, get yourself some Lee Morgan. Mm-hmm. Download some Lee Morgan. Buy some Lee Morgan. Mm-hmm. However you choose to listen to music. And then set aside a day. A full day where you, if you are a man, can play this music and spend that day showing appreciation to the woman that is in your life that you call your partner and appreciate the difference that one good black woman could make in your life. All right. Because that is the other testament that is um, being told in this documentary. Did she make a tragic mistake? She sure did. And if you want to say, yeah, but she made a tragic mistake, brother, you know how many tragic mistakes you done made, and how many times you've been forgiven. I mean, he made, Lee Morgan made two or three of them in the movie. Amen. Amen. (laughs) It's a shot. It's a great shot. It's not funny. It is funny, but it's not funny, where where, again, you know, Francis Wolfe is always taking photographs, always taking photographs, (laughs) There's a moment where there's a shot back in the 60s of a very young Wayne Shorter Mm. looking at Lee Morgan. And Lee Morgan has this cartoonish bandage wrapped all around his head where you find out that he had gotten high and fallen asleep and his head hit a radiator Mm -hmm. and it burned his head. So he's got this ridiculous bandage on it. But Wayne Shorter has a look in the picture looking at him going like, dude, what what are you doing? Because, you know, I do think one of the things that they get across is that so many of his contemporaries were concerned because he had this great talent. And they saw it. They and saw it he was, was wasting it with drugs. But they show Wayne Shorter in present day looking at the picture Of his younger self looking at him and Wayne Shorter is disgusted Mm -hmm. in present day, remembering being disgusted at that moment, looking at Lee Morgan with this ridiculous bandage around his head because he has OD'd and hit his head on a radiator and burned the side of his head up. So, yeah. Helen Morgan made one mistake. Lee Morgan made a series of them. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Yeah, I agree. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our review of I Called Him Morgan. Before we tell you what we're going to be reviewing next week with our very special guest, I invite you to follow the Michaud Mission on the social media of your choice, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, at Me Show Mission. Um, and also on YouTube where you can subscribe to the Me Show Mission. Hit that subscribe bell and make sure that you are notified every time we put up a new video for your um, streaming pleasure. The Me Show Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate. The Podglomerate.com. They make podcasts work such as ours, which is filmed and streamed live every Tuesday night from Young Chunk, Philadelphia's premier video pod te- podcast palace. Go to the videocontentfactory.com and book your time in one of their glorious studios that they have right here. You can book them in anyone except this one, because this is ours. there's about two or three others that you can use. All right. You can look at this one. It's roped off. You can look in. It's like, oh, this is where the Michelle. Yes. Yes. When we're not here, I believe they actually uh, have wax figures. Wax figures. That sit here. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what else do we have? Oh, if you want to get in touch with the Michelle Mission, please feel free to send us an email at michellemission at gmail.com. That is u x m i w s i o n at gmail.com. And it's the only way that you can contact us because unfortunately it has been so long since we have received a voicemail <laughs> that our voicemail account was suspended. <laughs> and uh Thus ends the great voicemail experiment. Did the phone company send you a fax that said that it was gone? No, it was just an email. Google sent me an email. Did they send it to your Yahoo account or your Hotmail account? I don't know. They sent it to our, to our Gmail account and said, yo, bruh. Um <laughs> It was a noble experiment. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd have known. I'd have brought in a cake that said, at least you tried. <laughs> a moment of silence <laughs> for our voicemail. <laughs> I'm doing a moment of silence like Dougie Fresh did in, in Stop the Vance, where he said, Let's stop for a moment of silence. And then he did the beatbox. He did, a box. <laughs> he did a beatbox for like 20 seconds. Let's stop for a moment of silence. I'm like, Is this what? Wait, that's not a moment of silence at all. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> next week. Uh... <laughs> Here on the Michelle Mission. As we continue going doc to school, Mm -hmm. we have a very special presentation for you, ladies and gentlemen, from 2023. Yes. This year. Yes, sir. Just a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Premiered. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Yeah. Yeah. Little Richard. Yes. I am everything. Yes, yes, sir. We will be reviewing that and we will not be alone. No. We will be reviewing that documentary with the documentary's director herself. Yeah, how about that? Lisa Cortez. Lisa Cortez. Will be joining us yes, on the Show mission to review the life story of Little Richard. I am everything. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. I can This nah, is gonna be glorious. gonna she is such a cool person. You will absolutely love her. And this is such a great topic. It is. I love little Richard. Well, you are a huge little Richard. I fan. really am. I know. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That will be next week mm-hmm. here on the Show Mission. Until then, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, We'll see you when it's time to meet again. michelle mission is produced by len webb and vincent williams and edited by len webb with co-production by mo poplar music by alexa gold and filmed at the video content factory michelle mission is a proud member of the podglomerate podcast network